Leather Bread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso, and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Hello, 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 and thank you for listening to another episode of Leather Brains. As always, I am your host, Slapdog, and I'm joined here today by my two very good and ruggedly handsome friends and co co producers, co hosts, co uh, co amigos. I don't know exactly what to call you guys, but I've got Yeti and Scotty both here with me today. Got a fun filled episode ahead of us, gentlemen. How are we? How are we doing? It's been a whole two days since we've talked. I'm sure a shit ton has happened. Are you guys doing okay, guys? I think we made it. We are a week away from football. Next Thursday, we have the Hall of Fame game. The Raiders versus the Jaguars, and I couldn't be more fucking excited. Actually, it's football, so I'm fine with it. It's It's football. football. Let's go. One week. I got the chills when you said that. We made it. Yeah, we, we have made it, and I am very excited. We actually... We've in our our league of record. We finally just got our our uh, draft slots finalized today, as far as where we're picking. And I legitimately like got super excited because it's like, man, it's it's finally happening. There is football on the horizon. It's very exciting. So I could not be more. We got training camp in full swing now with all the teams reported. Mm-hmm. They're practicing. There's so much juicy nuggets coming out so far. Ooh. Pumped. I'm pumped, man. Scotty, you're pretty quiet over there. Are you pumped or you just kind of like, nah? Um, I am very excited for football. Very, very excited. I just, I, you know, even if football wasn't as good as football is, it's important for a man to make clear to his wife that there is a day of the week she cannot bug him about stuff. And that is <clears throat> that is Sunday. And it is coming up. And I'm going to have the excuse for the foreseeable future. It's going to be beautiful and glorious. And I could be drunk from morning to night. It's going to be wonderful. Oh, man. I'm I'm pumped. I mean, I'm just excited. It, it is going to... It's on the horizon. We have waited. We have stressed. We have shed blood and tears solely for the purpose of football coming back. And we could not be more pumped. So today we are going to be talking about, of course, the news, as always. We are going to do another mock draft so this is a uh, a redraft style mock draft it's just us three there's going to be 13 rounds it is half ppr and it's a redraft so that is what we're going to be doing and then after that of course we are going to be answering your questions so let's get out of business let's get down let's get down to business all right first headline on the docket is news that Seahawks running back Chris Carson and his gigantic forehead is retiring from the NFL per insider Ian Rappaport. According to Rappaport, Seattle will officially release him with a failed physical designation. It's not a surprise, of course, as Carson's been sidelined with a neck injury since week four of last season. So it's uh, sad for him, but uh, probably doesn't make that much of an impact for us and the Brainiacs. Yeah, I think, you know, there's probably some people in, in Dynasty formats that were holding him for the the hope that he would return. But there's been a lot of murmur and conversation that we've previously had, and I, I, I it does not come as any surprise to me that he is done. He had a neck injury. That's some serious stuff. And I, I was kind of reading about this, and I the way that Seattle did it was extremely classy as far as them designating him with that because I think he'll still get his full 
um, his full salary for that. So pretty mm-hmm. cool move by them. Really crappy for for Chris Carson. We do not root for injuries here, and uh, and he had had a lingering one. So best of luck in retirement, my friend. Yeah, and fantasy wise, I think uh, um, Rashad Penny and uh, Ken Walker are appropriately priced right now at their current ADPs, and I don't think they'll they'll shoot up with this news at all because I think everybody kind of saw this coming. The the writing was on the wall for the past year, basically. Yep. All right. Next headline is. If there were any remaining doubts as to who will be the 49ers starting quarterback this season, head coach Kyle Shanahan put rest to that on Tuesday. We have moved on to Trey Lance, he is quoted as saying. This is Trey's team. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo remains on the roster as he recovers from shoulder surgery, but the Niners are hoping to trade Garoppolo soon. And uh, we are waiting for that news to come out as is everybody else, but uh, as we've been saying for a long time and as pretty much everyone has been saying, uh, Jimmy G is likely not going to be playing for the 49ers this season or at least will not be starting for them. I mean, I've said this for a very long time um, before, well before, even though I think the season was over, I was saying this, and it finally is, I guess, solidified itself and, and concreted itself, but it's what what else were they going to do they spent a, a ton of money on him they spent a lot of capital on him trying to get this guy and then were they going to let him ride the bench i think jimmy g has seen better days i think we can all agree on that and it's time it's time to give the young man the the chance to uh, to shine and make it his team and i i am by no means surprised with this news at all yeah and i think with him starting uh I mean, we all knew he was going to start, but I love his current ADP because I think his upside is so high in that offense. Um, you're looking at a, a true dual threat guy um, in a run heavy offense who, uh, you know, he might sneak some of those touchdowns or sneak some of those rushing yards away from Elijah Mitchell or whoever the fuck they put in that backfield. <laughs> um, so I think he has real potential to be, you know, at least upside wise in the top 10 of quarterbacks just based off of his running ability so i love where you can get him in drafts right now um i don't expect his adp to shoot up anything you know crazy like but i i love him as a stash quarterback in any kind of format obviously dynasty he's going early but redraft you can get him past the 10th round usually so stash him away yeah if you got the bench to bench depth to do it he is definitely somebody to keep your eyes on because like you mentioned, Yeti, I mean, with his ability to to run the football, he's gonna be he's gonna be valuable. He's gonna be somebody that that you're gonna want to be able to use. There, there are some question marks about his arm, and if uh, if he can sustain a good um, ability to throw, then watch out because it's gonna be pretty scary. Well, and even from a fantasy perspective, if he doesn't have the best arm, that's not the end of the world. Um, you know, I, I've said in a previous episode that he'll be a top 10 quarterback this year. I still believe that. I am on board the Trey Lance team. So I uh, I think he's going to have a very successful season. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we also have some good news coming out of Tampa. A couple pieces of good news, actually. Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin has been cleared to practice a training camp, uh, and he has surprisingly avoided the pup list despite being only seven months out from an ACL surgery. So he uh, came roaring back. What do you guys think about Chris Godwin? Is he someone that you're afraid of? Is he someone you're excited for? Take it away. I, go ahead, Yeti. 
I was just going to say it blows my mind that he came back this soon uh, from ACL surgery. And um, Tampa Bay seems to be surprised, too. Uh, I, I've kind of read headlines that say they're going to be very easy with Chris Godwin. And they might not expect him to be you know, fully ready until week two, week three of the regular season. So uh, with that being said, we're looking at you know October time frame for Chris Godwin. But I think the news that he got cleared is great, and it's probably going to boost his ADP up quite a bit. Um, so uh, I, I'm kind of skeptical on, on Chris Godwin coming back right away. Um, obviously, he's one of the top wide receivers in the game, arguably. Um, but we don't know what he's going to look like coming back from an ACL injury. He's never had a serious injury like this before, so who knows how he's going to come back. Hopefully he's Chris Godwin of old, um, but you know the jury remains out for him. Yeah, I I, I kind of share the same sentiments that you do. Where I am, I do have slight concerns uh, just because he hasn't had an injury like this, and it is pretty surprising with how ba- how quickly he came back. So I don't know. I, I I'm sure his ADP will spike up. I don't know where that would fall at, and I don't know if I'd be interested in taking him at that ADP due to the the risk of re-injury concern or coming back too fast and, and those kind of things. So I, I do really hope that they do take it slow because they need to, because they need him. So, And I, I think the next piece of news kind of scares me too for Chris Godwin <laughs> and that whole wide receiver core. So, Scotty, take it away. Yeah, yeah. We have a word that uh, Julio Jones has signed a one-year deal worth $6 million base salary with a max value of $8 million with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm just not realizing, you know, I've, you know, we've all heard the name Julio Jones, but Julio is a dope first name. That's a, that's a cool name. Julio. You think my wife, my wife is Mexican enough that we can pull that name off for a kid? I don't think you can. I think she can, but I don't think you can. Our kid's going to look white. There's no doubt about it. That's why. But but I I can always say, wow, his mom's kind of Mexican, kind of. Like a, yeah, there you like go. That's fine. Fourth, a half. It maybe. can be a middle name too. She's a half. She's half. She's a mudblood. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, and I also don't know about this. Uh, this the, the Bucks acquiring Julio. I think that there's um, more than anything else. I look at this as more of a a, um, a wide receiver depth move than anything else. I, you know, originally when I first read this, I I got slightly scared for Russell Gage. Because I was like, man, is he gonna? Are they gonna be splitting time? This, this, and this. But they went and they signed Russell Gage to a three-year deal. And when I kind of thought about it a little bit more, I was like, they want Russell Gage there. They believe in him enough to sign him to a three-year deal. Versus Julio, he isn't. He's had a lot of issues being healthy. He did not look like Julio when he was in his prime with the Falcons. There was just a lot going on there. So I, I think more than anything else, this is a positional uh, depth piece with a little bit of upside. I see him as more of a utility player. I firmly do believe that the starting three are going to be Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage. But I think Russell Gage and Julio, I think that would be where Julio fills in is maybe when Gage is not on the field. But I'm of the mentality that I think Gage will still see a a reasonable amount of playing time. Right. If this was 2018, I think everybody would be shitting the bed right now. Yeah. You know, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Julio, Chris Godwin, like, holy shit, right? That's that's a crazy lineup. Um, but with it being 2022, Julio Jones has missed, what, I think 18 regular season games the past two seasons with hamstring injuries or foot injuries or ankle injuries. 
Um, Julio's clearly slowed down from his Atlanta days or when he was an all-pro wide receiver. I do have to say this might be the best landing spot for Julio, though. Uh, He was rumored to go to Indianapolis, to Green Bay. Um, So two, two spots with veteran quarterbacks who have potential to win or go to the Super Bowl. Um, but with Tampa Bay, uh, they already have a solid wide receiver core. So he can come in and he can kind of be a, um, a situational type of guy, which is crazy to say about Julio Jones, right? But I think that's what he is now at 33 years old. He's a big body guy who can probably, he can still get off the line um, and he can beat you with the size, probably beat you with the speed while he's healthy. And he might be that red, red zone target that Tampa Bay is kind of lacking with Gronk being out um, and then Antonio Brown being gone. Although Russell Gage is supposedly will fill that role, we still don't know um, what that's going to look like. And I think with Tampa Bay, they're one of the most pass-heavy teams in the NFL. So there's plenty of targets to go around for Julio Jones. Now, I'm not trying to talk myself into Julio (laughs) Jones, but, you know, if he's going in the 15th round or whatever – he might be worth a flyer. Like, honestly, no, and he's I, playing with Tom Brady. Yeah. And that's, I, that has, and to there's be so many targets that are going to be going around on that offense. Exactly. I mean, on average, I think it was Tom Brady threw 42 passes a game. I mean, I think it was right, right. around there. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to, you have to take that into consideration. I think it also is more of a depth piece because this team is aging a little bit. You know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin's coming off injury. Mike Evans is, is not getting any younger. We saw what happened last year when all of the team went down, minus Tom Brady. It was it was it was very difficult. I remember the Saints game very very vividly. Saints have a good defense, and Tom Brady could not do anything with his second team. So, I think it was a it was an additional piece where if some guy goes down, they still have a veteran on the team who who is a good wide receiver. He just has issues being healthy. So, I, I that's kind of how I view this. It's not anything you know. I'm not a, a buy Julio, but yeah, absolutely. If he's a late round. Uh, addition to the team and you have the the bench space for it i don't hate it because you're playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game yeah and with the with the money that he's getting it it kind of shows me that tampa bay is a little worried about chris godwin coming back yeah 100 percent. so you don't pay julio jones almost eight million dollars um if you just expect him to ride the bench so i he will definitely be utilized a lot in that offense and i think that that does hurt russell gage uh, in this instance, potentially a little bit, but I'm it. I'm still interested in owning Russell Gage, especially where his ADP is at. Well, the real question here is: Is Tom Brady going to give Julio the map to the fountain of youth that he's been sucking on for the last fifty <laughs> years? Because nobody's I, getting that damn map. I don't know if you saw the the. Uh, I don't know. It was a it was a meme or something that I sent you guys that Calvin Johnson went through all of his high school career, all of his college career, his entire NFL career, and got inducted into the Hall of Fame while Tom Brady played in the NFL. No. <laughs> it's, it's insane. That's crazy. So Jesus. we'll see what Julio Jones if he's able to slurp some of that delicious elixir and uh, come <laughs> back to life. But uh, next uh, next headline here: Green Bay Packers wide receiver Christian Watson is unfortunately on the pup list after having a minor surgery following the team's offseason program in June. And this is obviously a team that needs some help at wide receiver. What do you guys think the fantasy implications are of this? 
I think Lazard's value boof, goes straight <laughs> up and then Watson coming down. Um, Watson might be more talented than Lazard, but I think the reps that Watson is going to be missing out on with uh, Aaron Rodgers, it, that's hard to overcome, especially as a rookie when you're trying to learn the offense and trying to get chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. I think him being out hurts. Now, obviously, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Might be another week or so. Who knows? But I, I just think the reps that he's losing out on is, is tough, and it, it gives room for other guys in that offense to feast. For sure. All right, we also have word that uh, wide receiver Michael Thomas over in New Orleans is officially off the pup list and uh, quoted or is, uh, is, quote, moving well in practice, according to Nick Underhill. Um, there's a big question mark with Michael Thomas. I found myself trying to grab him in a couple of uh, mock drafts that we've been doing just because I think the upside is there. But uh, what do you guys think about Michael Thomas this upcoming season? I have some concerns for sure. Um, I know that his ADP has dropped, I think, to what, seventh or eighth round roughly, uh, which is is probably appropriate. But I have no idea what that offense is going to look like. I really don't. And it is such a, a, a huge question mark. You have Alvin Kamara, who's facing potentially a, a six-week suspension. You have a new rookie wide receiver in Chris Olave. Michael Thomas has not played healthy football in a very long time, so we haven't seen him on the field. You have Jameis Winston, who's coming back from a surgery. Um, and then you went and signed Jarvis Landry, who is new to the team. And then the icing on the cake is Sean Payton isn't your coach anymore. Like, there is just so much going on with that team. Someone has to do something with the damn ball. And and I, at a seventh or eighth round grab, I don't hate it. But who's it going to be? What is that offense going to look like? Especially with Alvin Kamara out for six weeks. Is Mark Ingram's ADP is skyrocketed for that reason. But... There's a lot of unknowns, and I, I truly don't know who's going to be the, uh, the the eater on that team. And it could be Michael Thomas, but there's a decent chance it might not be. He might not look like the Michael Thomas of old. Exactly. What Michael Thomas are we going to be getting? Two years removed from ankle surgery, and he's been having issues with it. Uh, he had to have another procedure on it last offseason. So who knows what Michael Thomas looks like after missing two years of live snaps. Um, the offense looks completely different than when he last played with Drew, Drew Brees. They drafted Chris Olave. They picked up Jarvis Landry. Those are guys that are going to be taking away targets. And if Michael Thomas is healthy and does come back of, you know, the old Michael Thomas, I think this helps Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry. It just kind of depends on who are we getting when, yeah. you know, when he takes a week one snap. Mm. Yeah, put and yourself in the position of a... Put yourself in the position of a defensive coordinator. Who who are you focusing on? Which which wide receiver piece are you concerned about the most? I think you got to give Michael Thomas his respect until he proves you otherwise. Yes. If he is slow, if he is sluggish off the line, and you know you can put your second cornerback or third cornerback on him, then that's what you do. But I think right away you try to lock him down and make Olave, who's a rookie, or Landry beat you. Yeah. I think you're muted there, Scotty. We can't hear a single thing your lips are saying. Well, you just got to listen with your heart, and then you'd be uh, able to hear me. Uh, I can oh. hear you now. Yeah. But uh, uh, Matt Rule is trying to fool us all by allowing <laughs> Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold to split first-team reps 
Uh, is he actually trying to convince us that they're going to be split in time, or is this just a technicality or uh, or something that they have to do prior to the season starting? I don't know. I don't know how Matt Rule has uh, managed to keep his job for as long as he has. To be completely honest, uh, it's Baker Mayfield. It's Baker Mayfield. We know that it's Baker Mayfield. We know what Sam Darnold is, and we know what Baker Mayfield is, and we know that, that Baker Mayfield is going to be starting week one. It's going to happen. Why in the hell did they go get him if they didn't want him? They had Sam Darnold. They know what Sam Darnold is. It, Baker, I, I just I, it frustrates me that this even came up as as some news uh, because how is how in the world are you competing with these two? Why are you just not giving Baker Mayfield all the first team reps? That's your guy. That's the guy you need to help push the franchise in the right direction because Sam Darnold is not the answer. That's, that's all. It. Yeah. That's, I don't Beautiful. know if you had anything to add. Anything. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. Before we move on to, uh, to our mock draft, I wanted to pause and give you guys an opportunity to go subscribe to our podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play some nice, beautiful Orca whale sounds, and I'm going to give you guys plenty of time to just go over on your phone, wherever you're listening, listen to some Orcas, and click subscribe. How beautiful. Yeah, you couldn't have chose a worse animal. Like, What's the wrong fact with orcas? That you, the fact that you chose an animal in the first place, as opposed to, I don't know, those soothing sounds of Michael Jackson, is crazy to me. But well, you I chose an get, animal that's get, very annoying. I didn't want to get sued. Wow. Oh, he's dead. Copyright infringement. No one's going to sue no. you. That, mm, <laughs> <laughs> bird law. Orcas can't, orcas can't sue. They got no hands. And that's why I chose them. So. Yeah. You got me beat there. Okay. Thank you. Solid uh, reasoning. <laughs> at any rate, um, appreciate you guys uh, subscribing during that time. I know that it was very scary, and uh, you didn't know exactly how to feel about those orcas, but they were telling you in orca to uh, thank you for subscribing. So, well, and, and listening to the podcast in your car, uh, so you're driving 80 miles an hour at high speed during those orca noises, uh, it's not, in, not an excuse to not subscribe. So if no. you didn't subscribe during that time, uh, shame on you because you need to put the team on your back. And uh, help us with the algorithm here. In the wise words of Scotty, if you didn't subscribe right there, you're banned from the show. Mm, music to my ears. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and move on to our mock draft. So uh, let's kick it off. It's time! So it's time. For the mock draft. So Yeti has the fourth overall pick. I have the fifth overall pick. And Scotty has the eighth overall pick. We are going to uh, get ready here and uh, and just start it off. So I will uh, – the first person off the board is Jonathan Taylor, no surprise, followed by CMC, Derek Henry. Yeti, you are on the clock. Thank God CMC is off the board. It's a <laughs> we did a we did a, a few mocks earlier today as a, as a group and I was having a hard time deciding between CMC and Eckler, uh, just because CMC we all know what we're getting with CMC right 
when he's it's healthy, a he's a mark. stud. Yes, but, but is he going to be healthy, right? Correct. Um, when he's healthy, he's the best running back in the game, PPR-wise. Yeah. Um, but Eckler's here, so I'm going to take Eckler. That is a good call. I am next on the board. Um, I, I'm struggling because mm-hmm. there's Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, I think I'm going to take Justin Jefferson here. I think he is a uh, – I believe in Justin Jefferson and uh, and Cooper Cup, I think, is going to see a little bit of regression this year, which is going to be difficult. So after me taking Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup has been taken, as well as Devontae Adams. And that brings you, Scotty, at pick number eight. Yeah, I, I owe everyone so far a great deal of gratitude for leaving Dalvin Cook for me to take with the eighth overall pick. I will take that all day long. All right, and then Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Najee, CD, and it's back to you, Scotty. Can we uh, pause and just recap this round one real quick and see if there's any kind of surprises? You know, I know it's just the three of us. Uh, Sure. Scotty, do you want to throw the board up so everybody can see it? Oh, yeah, shit. Everyone's just been watching us doing nothing. That's so dumb. That's boring. (laughs) Let's get that board up there. All right, thank you for doing that. And go ahead, Yeah, I forgot. Uh, I just want to bring up do you guys think Devonte adams is worth the first round pick there at seven although it's a computer do we agree with that no yeah no i mean i i would take i'd take dalvin cook i'd take jamar chase i'd probably take joe mixon all over Devonte adams likewise yep yeah i agree i it, Devon, i mean you can't argue with Devonte adams talent but there is some unknown i mean he yep. switched teams and for that reason, I think that I I look at him as more of a second round player than a, a, a first round player. So I that's where my thoughts are. And he's being drafted as a third wide receiver off the board, which is hard. You know, I think it's going to be hard for him to replicate that value there in the. I first think there round. are other, you know, and that's what's yeah. crazy to me is like I'd rather have a Stephon Diggs. Yeah, that's um, a name that I came would, to mind. Yeah, yep. I'd rather have Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, um, arguably probably even uh, Jamar Chase over over Devontae. Yeah. Definitely, I agree. Yeah, I think, I mean, Devontae Adams is going to be a good piece. I, I think that he's going to have a good season. Uh, I think he, in part, is going to be the reason why Derek Carr has the best season uh, of his career. Um, but ultimately, you can't argue with the pro- uh, productivity of, you know, Stefan Diggs and Jamar Chase. And I, I would take either of them over Devontae Adams. Likewise. Yeah. For sure. So, Scotty, you're up. You have Dalvin Cook. Yes, yes. I have Dalvin Cook so far. So this is the point at the draft. Um, Being toward the end of the draft order, uh, this is where you have to choose to either reach for Travis Kelsey uh, or keep going. Um, And I, uh, you know, knowing that we are in a redraft format and there aren't very many running backs uh, that are, you know, top tier available to carry your team, that's what I'm going to stick with. I'm going to go with Mr. DeAndre Swift and uh, lock him in while I can. You whore. You bastard. All right, so that leaves old Slapdog here. Um, so after DeAndre Swift was taken, Travis Kelsey was next, and then Nick Chubb. So there's a lot of running backs going off the board. I really want to get a running back. Alvin Kamara is the the next one on the ADP, but I, I'm me personally at this point with him having a six week suspension, I'm I'm gravitating towards other options because I'm I'm not really excited about that. So unfortunately for me, I think. And I, I, last episode, I said get two running backs back-to-back. But where I'm at in the ADP and what's going on, I think I need another wide receiver. I think that, you know what, actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to say screw it, and I'm going to grab Mark Andrews because he's a positional advantage. 
and I like Mark Andrews, and I think that there is a, there's a potential for him to finish at tight end one again this year. So I'll take him, and then Yeti, you are up after that. Oh, this is tough. Um, I'm Saquon Barkley is one of my guys, obviously. Uh, I talked about him on the last episode or last Thursday, and I would love to have Saquon here with Austin Eckler here in the second round. But Stefan Diggs has fallen to me here. Um, it's a big shock to me that Stefan has fallen this far, honestly. And I think he is the best value pick here um, at this time. Um, so I'm going to take Stefan Diggs to go with my Austin Eckler. I think I like that a lot. Following Stefan Diggs, Alvin Kamara has been taken. Then the first quarterback off the board with Josh Allen. And then Tyreek Hill followed by Debo, Javante Williams, and A.J. Brown, and it's back to you, Yeti. Were there any uh, real surprises there in the second round for any of you guys? I think taking Josh Allen that early is crazy to me. Um, you know, in a, in a redraft format with 10 teams, you're talking about you know a plethora of available quarterbacks that are capable of carrying your team. Uh, and taking Josh Allen, wasting a second-round pick on a quarterback. And, you know, nothing against Josh Allen, of course, but that just seems insane to me. So that's that's one thing I would definitely change. Yeah, right. I would not take and a quarterback we, that early myself. We saw this last year, too, with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I think he was valued or you know, at the 18-19 p last year, uh, which is crazy. Uh, I don't think that panned out for many people. So to see Josh Allen go that early, too, kind of gives me a pause, um, and it gives me flashbacks to Mahomes last year. Um, <laughs> yes. Not saying that Josh Allen can't be a quarterback one or, you know, that's not, you know, where he should be drafted, but – I would much rather take a quarterback later um, than yes. in the second round. I think that second round is where you want to get your running backs and your wide receivers. For sure. Anything else stand out to you guys? Um, You know, if I were to redo it, I probably would have taken Stefan Diggs over Mark Andrews, um, thinking about it again. But I have made my choice, and I have to uh, to sleep in the bed. <laughs> uh, there's something to be said about not being stressed out about tight end. I, I, you know, I find myself constantly in redraft leagues streaming the tight end position, which is virtually impossible to do. It's almost as hard as picking a fucking kicker. Um, you know, finding out which one of these guys <laughs> is going to be a good matchup for a defense. So, uh, you at the very least, you know, maybe it was the wrong decision, but you'll be able to sleep easy at night yep. knowing Mark Andrews will do what he can do, and you don't have to worry sure. about it. And I, I do like Mark Andrews. I think that he's he's set for a really good year. I mean, they got rid of Hollywood Brown, and they really didn't do a lot to replace him. So I, I think that Andrews is going to uh, to be just as prevalent this year as he was last year in that offense. Yep. Yep. You're up, yeah. All right. Uh, so last pick, I was between Stephon Diggs and Saquon Barkley, and Saquon Barkley has fallen to me in the third round. So I will gladly take my guy, Saquon Barkley, who will finish in the top five running backs this year. <laughs> if he can stay healthy, perhaps. I desperately need a running back because they're going like hotcakes, and Aaron Jones is still on the board. I think that Aaron Jones is a great pick uh, in the third round here. I think he's going to be very, very uh, utilized in that Packers offense with the departure of Adams, and so he is going to be my pick. So following that, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen – have both gone off the board. And Scotty, you're up. You have Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift on your team thus far. Yeah, at this point in time, I'm happy with where I am in the running back position. Um, but 
in the redraft format like this, I don't know that I can get enough of the running back spot. So I think I'm going to make a little bit of a reach to grab one of my guys here. I'm going to go all the way down the board uh, to uh, ADP, what, 33? You bastard. Uh, and I'm going to grab Cam Akers uh, and try and solidify the running back position once and for all. I love Cam Akers this year. I think there's a huge chance he finishes in top 10 um, if he can stay healthy with that. A very explosive offense. So we saw what uh, Darrell Henderson was. We saw what Sony Michelle was in that offense, and they were both feasible, startable running backs. I love that play, and I'm a little sad. So following your Cam Akers pick, James Conner, playoff Lenny, Kyle Pitts, and then T. Higgins, and it's back to you, Scotty. Yeah, I'm noticing the the wide receivers here are a little bit scarcer than they typically are at this point in the draft. Uh, we're seeing a lot of people drafting wide receivers early. People like Tyreek Hill went pretty early. Uh, A.J. Brown went pretty early. I think normally you see uh, you know, a lot of those running backs go ahead of those guys just because of that scarcity. Um, and I'm looking at the players that are left, and I you know I see a David Montgomery. I see a Brees Hall, uh, Antonio Gibson. I see players that would be you know Travis Etienne. All these guys that are good running backs to have on your squad, but given the fact that I've already got three that I'm comfortable with, I'm going to move a little bit further down the board. I'm going to grab another one of my guys, um, and I'm reaching for him again a little bit, but he won't come back to me, so I'm going to make the move on Mr. Pittman. You bitch. Yeah, I figured that was what you were going to do. Yeah. And honestly, I, I mean, you looking at your team, I think that's the right call. Is. There, There is some receivers that were ahead of him, and that being Deontay Johnson and Scary Terry, but... I think that Pittman is the safest play between the three, and I, I do like that pick a lot. He is someone who uh, is going to be a wide receiver one in an offense that is going to be better than it was last year. So I like that. Um, following Pittman, Patrick Mahomes went off the board finally at uh, the 404, and then David Montgomery, and it's back to me. So currently my team is Justin Jefferson, Mark Andrews, and Aaron Jones. Running backs, like like you mentioned, Scotty, are going, and they're, they are uh, – there's a positional scarcity there. I'm going to take Brees Hall. I think that he is a, a really great play this year. Uh, I'm happy taking him in the 406 and, and seeing what he can do because he is going to be a, a monster for that team, I think. And it's to you, Yeti. Yes. So I currently have Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley as my two running backs with Stephon Diggs as my only wide receiver. Pittman is usually who I like here. If I can get T. Higgins, I love T. Higgins here as well, uh, late in the fourth, but they are both gone. So that leaves me with ADP of Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, and Jalen Waddle at wide receiver. I don't really like any of those guys this season at all. <laughs> so I'm going to go running okay. back. So running back is a little interesting here because Zeke is still on the board in the fourth round. We have Antonio Gibson, who I'm not touching. <laughs> we have Travis Etienne. This is going to be nasty of me to say, but I think I have to take Zeke here. Um, I, I have said this on the podcast before. I am very scared of Dallas's offense. Trust me, I am very scared. That offensive line is old. They lost Amari Cooper. I'm very concerned about what they can do, but to get Zeke this late, I'll take it as my running back. Yeah, three. I mean, that's not a bad grab. Following your Zeke pick, Antonio Gibson went, followed by J.K. Dobbins and George Kittle. We have now moved on to the fifth round, and Justin Herbert was picked at the 501, Josh Jacobs, and Deontay Johnson. And it's back to you, Yeti. Your current team is Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, 
Zeke, and Stefan Diggs. So I was hoping the computers would kind of take uh, wide receivers <laughs> to make this decision a little easier for me. Um, and my top wide receiver right now is Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry. There's so many other wide receivers <laughs> I like here that I don't want to reach for at this point. You gotta respect point. the paycheck. Namely, I know. Follow your heart. Fucking hey, man. Okay, I'm gonna go Scary Terry um, in the hopes that Carson Wentz is the best quarterback he has seen <laughs> in his career, and I'm gonna hope that he can get back to a wide receiver form or wide wide receiver one form, but. Uh, we'll see. I really don't like yeah, that. Yeah, but you're tough. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place on that one because I, I get it. I'm glad that you took Scary Terry because it made my decision just a little bit easier. I am going to grab another wide receiver, and uh, currently there's DK Metcalf, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, and Jerry Judy, the judge himself. I'm going to take DJ Moore here. Um, I, DJ Moore has proven himself to be a an elite wide receiver, no matter who his quarterback is. He's had, I think we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, he's got like, he's had four different quarterbacks in the span of his career, and he's managed to uh, come up with over 1,100 yards between a different quarterback each and every year. I think Baker Mayfield is probably one of the best quarterbacks that he uh, has had. And which, which yeah, I mean, it's, but it's that it's sad to say but it's also true so um he's proven himself i like dj more and, and that was my choice so uh following my pick we have dk metcalf and travis Etienne off the board scotty it is to you you have three running backs and dalvin cook deandre swift and cam makers and then your wide receiver is michael pittman yeah the downside of course to focusing on running back early is that i'm dealing with a lot of mid-tier wide receivers now to try and build up that core um, I've got a couple guys here on the board that I'm happy to get late in the fifth round, though. Uh, so now it's just a matter of deciding which one I want to go with. Uh, the two names that come to mind are Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddle. Um, both of these guys have their ups and their downs, have their pros and their cons. I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to grab Jalen Waddle, or uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to grab Waddle with the hopes that Jerry Judy makes it back around to me and see if I can snag them both. But I'm guessing it's not going to happen. It might. Oh, and it, it happens. So following Jalen Waddle pick, we had Darren Waller, Cortland Sutton, Lamar Jackson, and Clyde Edwards Alaire off the board. And Scotty, it's back to you. Are you taking the judge? I am taking the judge. Yeah, I think both those guys have a lot of upside. Uh, both of them are a little bit riskier picks, just given the fact that they're off both offenses respectively have a lot of weapons. Uh, but I like the upside of both of these guys. They're young. They're agile. Uh, I think that uh, Jalen Waddle is Tyreek Hill in younger form, and Jerry Judy's got a huge upgrade at quarterback. So I'm excited for what both these guys might be able to do this season. And again, in the fifth and sixth round, I can't complain about those picks being available. Yeah, and I, I love it. So um, right here, I've, I'm 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 slightly torn because I have a pretty even stack right now. I have two wide receivers in DJ Moore and Justin Jefferson. Uh, and then I have two running backs in Aaron Jones and Brees Hall. And then I have Mark Andrews. So I'm not really concerned with the tight end position for pretty much the rest of the draft. But what do I do here? I, there's some running backs that I, I could go for in Elijah Mitchell or Damian Harris. I could look at a quarterback, but right now I think that there's still some other value there before I want to start thinking about that quarterback position. And there's there's some really good wide receivers here that I'm interested in. You have Mike Williams, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, and Chris Godwin are all in the uh, roughly the same area. I think what I'm going to do here, though, is I, I think that I'm going to have to take Mike Williams. I think that 
he's he's due for another really good year. He's playing with an elite quarterback, and uh, and I'll take that. So it's to you, Yeti. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I just want to add, uh, Mike Williams is another guy that I love in this draft. Um, I think with the contract that he got in this offseason, three years, $60 million, I think he is set to take over wide receiver one in that in that offense. I know Keenan Allen and him were pretty split mm-hmm. last year. Um, and I know Mike Williams was kind of inconsistent. He got off to a hot, hot start and then slowed down. But I truly think this is Mike Williams' offense going forward. Um, so I, I like taking Mike Williams here this yeah. late. Um, and I like him a lot over Keenan Allen, who is going in yeah, the third I round. Agree. Uh, so give me all of Mike Williams yep. in the sixth round. So you <laughs> Sorry, son of a bitch. Um, but that makes my decision a little easier. Um, I have Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, and Zeke at running back. Wide receivers, I have Diggs and McLaurin. I'm not really sold on Scary Terry, so I want to get another wide receiver here to kind of sh- shore up that field. And I'm going to go Allen yes. Robinson. Um, I think Allen Robinson is very undervalued right now. Uh, when Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were playing together, uh, Robert Woods was getting drafted right next to uh, Cooper Cup. And I think Allen Robinson is better than Robert Woods. And I think he's going to have he's going to f- yeah, feast I, in this offense with Cooper Cup taking most of the... That was who uh, I struggled with is, is reaching for Allen Robinson or taking Mike Williams because I, much like you, I agree completely. I think Allen Robinson is going to have a very good year in that Rams offense and uh, and the Rams beat reporters are, are hyping him up a lot and saying how well he's doing. So I, I'm, I'm super excited for him and where his ADP is at. I love it. So following your Robinson pick, mm-hmm. Elijah Mitchell went off the board as well as Chris Godwin and Amari Cooper. We have now entered the seventh round in which Damian Harris, AJ Dillon, and Jalen Hurts are off the board. So I'm sorry to see that for you, Yeti, because I know he's a prime target for you. <laughs> yeah, Jalen Hurts coming off the board here it really hurts me because he's a guy that I'm targeting in every draft, um, every draft that I do. I want all the shares of Jalen Hurts I can get, but he's gone. So the only quarterback that I would reach for is off the board here. Um, I, I'm I'm very split here with running backs and wide receivers. I have three of each. Uh, current ADPs in my range are Kyler, uh, Dr. Schultz with uh, Dallas, Brandon Cooks, and Miles Sanders. Not great. <laughs> Um, I kind of want to take Kyler just, just to hurt to, me. Yeah, that's fine. You, go ahead. Yeah, just to drive a go dagger ahead. in your heart. But I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take Mister Reliable, Mister Undervalued Cooks. every single fucking year, Mister yep. Brandon Cooks. Um, I, I love this pick to get him in the seventh. Yeah, round. I was hoping he'd fall to me. Is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be a top 20 wide receiver. He's topped 1,000 receiving yards, what, seven of the past mm-hmm. eight seasons. And I think he's going to improve on that with the uh, second-year Davis Mills. Yeah. So sign me up for Brandon Cooks. I like Cooks Brandon here. Cooks a lot. I, I I do struggle because I I hover my hand over the button and I want to click Kyler Murray. I do because I do it every year. And sometimes it's earlier than other years, but I'm always like, it's time. Grab your guy while he's still here. But I'm not going to do that. Because I need another running back, and right now the running backs are, are getting a little bit more scarce. So far, the only two running backs I have is Brees Hall and Aaron Jones, and I'm not happy with that. So the running backs of note right here are Miles Sanders and Kenneth Walker. 
I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Kenneth Walker here, and here's why. I, uh, I I like Miles Sanders. I do. I think he is a great running back, but he's had some injury issues, and and really they weren't utilizing him how I thought they should as far as his ability. He looks great when he's running the ball. and uh, But I'm taking Kenneth Walker because Rashad Penny has not been able to play a healthy game or a healthy season in the NFL since he entered that. He usually plays for a couple weeks, he gets hurt, and he's done. Chris Carson's out. They drafted Kenneth Walker early. I think that Kenneth Walker is going to be a great piece to set on my bench, wait a couple weeks, and then he will be a full go. So I'm not expecting to start him at the beginning of the year, but I am excited for the potential of what he could offer. So I grabbed Kenneth Walker there. Miles Sanders went off the board, and Kareem Hunt went off the board, who I know that I think we are all equally as excited about at the 707. That's pretty late for a guy who could end up in the top 10. And Scotty, it's to you. Yeah, I was uh, first of all I was hoping Brandon Cooks would fall to me, um, and then I was hoping Kareem Hunt would fall to me. So I have been royally screwed in the seventh round of this draft. So I've got to start looking at other options here. Looking at my team, I'm you know I'm pretty happy with where I'm sitting at running back, with the hopefully the chance of getting some handcuffs later in the draft. Um, and I am okay with where I am with receiver, but there's still a lot of of risk involved. So I'd like to sure that up a little bit. And I, I know it seems counterintuitive, but I'm going to combat risk with more risk. And I'm going to pick up uh, the subject of uh, part of the episode today, Michael Thomas, because I think that there is at least a decent chance he is going to be a solid wide receiver one in that offense. If he looks anything like his old self, he is severely undervalued at this point in the draft. Uh, so I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope to the Lord that it pans out. Well, we'll cross him for you. Um, after your pick at Michael Thomas, my boy Kyler finally got drafted. And then Adam Thielen and has now moved to the eighth round. At the 801, we have Hopkins coming off the board, followed by Gabriel Davis. It's coming back to you, Scotty. You have three running backs in Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, and Cam Akers. And your four receivers are Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddell, the Judge Judy, and Michael Thomas. Yeah, and at, at this point in the draft is usually where I start looking to reach a little bit. Uh, if Gabriel Davis was still on the board, I would have grabbed him. Uh, but because he's not there, I'm going to do a little bit further of a reach and grab my boy Bateman. I think he's going to have a great season this year, and I, uh, I'm happy to reach a little bit for him to get him on the roster. And it's and I don't know if you guys share the same sentiment, but Bateman falling to the eighth round is kind of crazy. I mean, he's somebody who I, I mm-hmm. can finish as a, a top 24 wide receiver. He's going to be a wide receiver one, and for him to fall that late is just kind of impressive. So I love that pick. No, I agree. That's extremely good value for a guy, like you said, who I think will be a wide receiver too, fantasy-wise, with uh, maybe low-end wide receiver yeah. one, uh, with how many targets he's going to see on any given exactly. week. Amon and Ross St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson went after that, uh, both the Detroit boys. Amon Ross kind of interesting um, for this late in the game. I think he's worth a risk at, at an eighth-round pick because if he can eat the way that he did previously, it's going to be great. I don't know if I necessarily see that happening, but in an eighth round, I'd maybe consider grabbing him as a flyer. Uh, it's back to me. My team currently consists of it running back Aaron Jones, Brees Hall, and Kenneth Walker. My receivers are Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, and Mike Williams. And my tight end position is filled in Mark Andrews. So there is, uh, I don't really like a lot of these people. I'm going to be completely honest. There is not a whole lot of people that excite me right now, but I still need a quarterback. And the two quarterbacks, really the three quarterbacks who are around my area is Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, and Tom Brady. I think I'm going to take Russell Wilson here. I need a quarterback. I think that he's going to be, I, I know he's going to be healthy to start the year. Hopefully he can continue that. He's got, he's on a new team. It's, it's pretty exciting with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and 
Javante slash Melvin. I'm excited for this team, and I, I'm excited for Russell Wilson. So I think grabbing him at, at uh, middle to the late eighth round is not a bad move. And it's to you, Yeti. So, yep. Yeti's... So you know, uh, your team currently consists of Austin Eckler, Saquon, and Zeke at running back. You have four wide receivers in Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, Scary Terry, and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, so I have Zeke on my squad, and Tony Pollard is still on the board, thankfully. So I'm going to sure up my Zeke pick by getting the handcuff and Tony Pollard. Um, I was going to reach for him in the seventh pick over Brandon Cooks, but I had faith that he would fall to me in the eighth, and thankfully he, <laughs> he did. did indeed. So, so. Uh, Following your your uh, Pollard pick there is Dalton, the Dr. Schultz, has come off the board. Drake London, Traylon Burks, Devontae Smith in the first round of the ninth. Uh, Darnell Mooney and Chase Edmonds. It is back to you, Yeti. Yeah, so my team is looking pretty balanced at this point with four running backs, four wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to take uh, a... a I got to look for other guys, right? At quarterback and tight end to start filling out my starting lineup. One of my guys is available here at the in the ninth round, and I'm talking about Mr. Dallas Goddard. Give me all the Dallas Goddard shares this season and an improved Philadelphia passing attack. Yes, and I, I uh, you, you needed a tight end, and I, I like that pick for you. I'm kind of at a, a point now where I'm I'm unsure of what to do. Because I need a, I would really like to get another running back spot or running back filled, and but I also there's some juicy wide receivers here that are still this late in the game. You've got Juju, Elijah Moore, Hunter Renfro. Not really interested in Ayuk or Lockett. Olave could be a decent play, but what do you you know where where do you go? Uh, what I'm going to do now is kind of look at where everybody else is drafting around me. Scotty still needs a quarterback and a tight end. Everybody else is kind of still up in the air. So I'm going to try and play that to my skill a little bit. I think I'm going to reach. I think that's what I'm going to do here. And I'm going to grab Rashad Penny. That's going to give me complete control of the Seattle backfield. And that way, if if, if and when Penny goes down, I still have his backup. I like that. And so after Penny's pick... Cordero Patterson is off the board, and Juju and Scotty, it is back to you. Yeah, back to me. And I have a lot of guys that I'm not crazy excited about uh, to choose from here. Um, man, what to do? I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where my team's sitting at right now in terms of uh, my comfortability with the running back and wide receiver position. Uh, but I think I'm also going to sure things up a little bit. I'm going to take a little bit of a stab here and uh, grab my boy uh, Singletary because, uh, you know, the bottom line is he is a starting running back, and I don't expect a real high volume from him, but I do think that he's going to make an impact. And in the event that, you know, Dalvin Cook decides to, to get injured or, or, uh, or Cam Akers' Achilles starts acting up, I've got somebody that I can fall back on, and I think that's important. Um, I would have loved to have, gotten, uh, to have gotten Tony Pollard or Rashad Penny at this pick, but you guys fucked me on that one, so this is where I'm at. Sorry for that. Following your, your Singletary pick, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson have both been picked. And then, is starting the 10th round, Tyler Lockett and Chris Olave off the board. It's back to you, Scotty. There's three rounds left, and you are still needing a quarterback and a tight end. Just out of curiosity, where do you guys value Olave and Lockett relative to each other? I believe that Olave has a lot more upside this season than Lockett personally. 
um, solely because of quarterback play. I am not interested in Drew Locke. I'm not interested in that. I mean, look at DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is an elite wide receiver, and he's falling. He he fell to middle of the fifth round because he doesn't have a quarterback. And Lockett is known for his deep balls. And I don't think Lockett, and this is me personally, I don't think Lockett can throw it further than 30 yards. So it's a problem. And that's where Lockett has, has been able to feast with Russ. So, it, I I mean, this late in the game, I don't hate it. But I I would much rather have Olave personally than Lockett. Um, I kind of talked about this earlier in the news for Olave. I think it really depends on how Michael Thomas looks, right? Um, obviously when we're drafting, we have no idea what kind of Michael Thomas we're going to get. And we probably won't when we actually draft. So for that reason, I'm going to go Tyler Lockett. Um, I know Tyler Lockett's a boomer bust guy. He was with Russ. And I think that if you're a quarterback in the NFL, you have to be able to throw it right. And I'm going to trust that one of Drew Locke or uh, fucking Geno Smith are going to be able to get Tyler Locke at the ball. Even if that's just getting him the ball in space, you know, with jet sweeps, with screens, with something to open up the offense a little bit more instead of running the ball. Um, so I think I would take Tyler Lockett this late, but I mean, you could really make the case for any or either of them. Yeah. I don't hate either of them in the 10th round. Well, it's crazy to me, and Hunter mentioned it, you know, DK Metcalf is certainly falling uh, from where he otherwise would be given his talent level if he had a quarterback that was more noteworthy. But the idea that you're going to take D, uh, DK Lockett or DK Metcalf in, in the fifth round is crazy to me. Uh, you know, just just seeing the target share that he's getting with Tyler Lockett. I mean, they're basically splitting targets at that point in time from an underwhelming underwhelming offense. It just doesn't make any sense to me why you draft DK that high. Um, and so I I think I agree with you. I think Tyler Lockett in the in the tenth uh, round is a perfectly fine pick. Uh, I'd be happy with it, but he is gone. So I think I'm going to make a stab and try and sure up that tight end position. I'm going to pull my boy Dawson Knox off the board. I think that is a great pick. I like Dawson Knox a lot. He's on a great offense. Um, following your Knox pick, we have Chase Claypool and Christian Watson, and it's back to me. I'm really happy. I'm smiling. See? I'm smiling because James Cook is still on the board. I'm taking him. I uh, I think that it's only a matter of time before he overtakes that role in Buffalo and uh, Ursup's Devin Singletary. So I'm taking James Cook in the hopes that maybe he'll be uh, something like his brother, and it's to you, Yeti. Yeah, Scotty, I was going to ask if you had any thoughts about taking James Cook at uh, instead of Dawson Knox to kind of shore up the Buffalo backfield. Yeah, I mean, I like it. But the bottom line for me is that um, I like getting Dawson Knox this late in the draft. I think he's a tight end that is going to overperform his ADP. And James Cook, I like a lot. I like the upside. You know me. I'm always an upside guy. I'm a slut for upside. Mm. Um, but, uh, but James Cook is unproven is the bottom line. I needed the tight end position. I'm happy with where I'm at at running back. Um, if I had a weaker early draft at the running back position, I think James Cook would have been the move. Uh, but where I was, I think I'm pretty happy with the Dawson Knox pick. Can't hate on that. Um, so my, at this point, my team is kind of locked up except for quarterback. Uh, I have Dak, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, Trey Lance still on the board. So I'm not very concerned about quarterback in the 10th round because I know I can get one of these guys later. So I'm going to keep on just looking for value. I'm going to keep plugging away here, doing what I do best and getting guys late. Uh, I'm going to take a stab here at uh, Mr. Ramondre Stevenson from New England. 
I'm uh, drinking the Kool-Aid that they're yes, serving in I saw uh, that. Boston. They are, they are pouring uh, Kool-Aid and you are drinking it. Yeah, he is, yep, he is uh, getting the looks over Damian Harris mm-hmm. right now, who um, obviously that, that New England offense is going to look a lot different without Josh McDaniels there, uh, who is now the Raiders head coach. Uh, they're, they're rumored to simplify the offense a little more. And how do you do that? I think you focus on the run game. And if Ramondre is getting the looks at running back one, I will eat that all day. So uh, give me Ramondre and the 10th I round. dig it. Following that, we have Hunter Renfro, Brandon Ayuk, and then Yeti Dak Prescott has come off the board. We are now in the 11th round in which Zach Ertz is off the board. And Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are both off the board. It's to you. Well, fuck. It's to you, Yeti. You need a tight end and a quarterback here in the last uh, two rounds. So I think that the computers can hear me, or, <laughs> hear me or something because all three teams in front of me, they, they have quarterbacks already. And they just went quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. That's fucking stupid. Um, so... <laughs> oh, what do I want to do here? Um... You know what? I think, you know, at this point, I'm just going to keep on holding off for a quarterback and I'm going to take more value. And I think taking this guy might, you know, it it might be a little reach, but I have to do it here. You have to take it. It's not a tight end. I have, I have Dallas Goddard already, so I'm pretty comfortable there at wide receiver. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers, number one wide receiver, and Alan Lazard. The Lazard King. I actually, I'm sorry. Dude, you are, you fuckers, man. Everyone that I'm looking at, I got them starred on my phone here, and you're taking every one of them one by one. Oh, I apologize. Um, I was going to take him myself. Um, I did not see that you had a tight end, so I apologize. Um, All right, so I have pretty much any option. I've got all my positions filled here, um, and I kind of have a free choice as far as what I want to do here. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab a wide receiver here. There's Melvin Gordon still on the board, and that is appetizing because he he didn't do bad last year. But there is still a wide receiver one on the board. And it's for a shitty team, but it's still a wide receiver one, and that's in Christian Kirk. I think it's worth a late-round stab on him and getting him uh, as a uh, a wide receiver that is going to be dominant or not. He's going to be dominant for that offense because they don't have a lot. So Christian Kirk is who I took there. And then it, after that, it was Sky Moore. Matt Stafford was taken off the board, and it's back to you, Scotty. You guys are welcome for the Kirk Nugs. <laughs> a few weeks ago. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm at the point now where I would have taken both Lazard and Christian Kirk had either of you guys not taken one of them. Um, so now I'm at the point where I'm looking a little bit deeper here. Um, I wanted to wait till the last round to pick up a quarterback just because of how, uh, you know, how many options you'd have. But the bottom line is uh, I am on board the Trey Lance train. I'm going to pick him up and try and ride him to that top 10 quarterback spot, uh, and I think he's going to bring me there with ease. I was going to take him if you did not. So I think that was a great pick. You were still needing a quarterback, and I love that. Following your pick is Pat Fryermuth and Robert Woods. We are now in the last round, and it has been picked for the 1201 with Melvin Gordon. And then Ronald Jones and Scotty, it is to you. Yeah, I've got a couple options here that I'd be happy with with the last pick of the draft. Um, Russell Gage comes to mind. Um, I like his upside in Tampa Bay, but the news uh, of obviously the new weapons that they're bringing into the offense, even if they're 
uh, only mild weapons. Makes me a little bit nervous, so I'm going to move past him. I also like Isaiah Spiller quite a bit. He is a great handcuff option uh, in the event that Austin Eckler finds himself injured, uh, God forbid. Um, but I think the one that I am going to be most excited about is Mr. Madison over in Green Bay. I see Aaron Jones having the hardest time staying on the field for the entire season. Madison, or um, Aaron Jones, I'm sorry, Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, I'd like to secure that backfield while I can in the off ch- or on the off chance that Dalvin Cook finds himself injured. Um, and I think that that is a good, safe play for old Scott. I Delray. agree. I think that was the best play you could have made there because now you have that, that backfield pretty much on lock. Following your pick, Mike Gesicki is off the board and Derek Carr is following suit. Yeti, your quarterback options have gotten a little bit uglier here in this last round. I I share this. So there, there's a couple people here that I would like to pick. Um, the ones that, that come to mind are Russell Gage, Isaiah Spiller, and Damian Pierce. Uh, Russell Gage, we talked about him a little bit earlier. I do love the upside he provides, especially this late in the game. And Isaiah Spiller, I think, you know, pending Eckler getting injured, and we do not root for injuries here, I think Spiller is a great grab as a handcuff with a lot of upside, but I'm going to take Damian Pierce, I think. I think Damian Pierce has the strongest fight to try and get on the field earliest, and uh, and so this late, I'm, I'm going to roll with Pierce, and it leaves it to you, Yeti. You have got to get a quarterback. Yeah, so my quarterback options here are Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Justin Fields, and Tua. Not really considering Deshaun Watson for obvious reasons. Um... I think I'm going to go Captain Kirk here. Uh, their offense is going to get an upgrade um, with a new head coach that came from Los Angeles. Rumored to be pass heavy. I, I love uh, Jay Jets there, Adam Thielen, obviously. I think they have a great wide receiver room. So I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins here in the 12th round as my quarterback. And there you have it. Following that was Michael Carter, Cole Komet, and Kadarius Tony, And that wraps up our redraft mock draft so hope you guys appreciate or liked that uh you know we we enjoyed doing it it was a good time and uh we will post that up give us your thoughts let us know who won we'll uh we will share that on socials for you guys to check out so we're gonna go ahead and move on to the questions here's the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes i want to Oh, sorry. It's like, my bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been feeling empty without that, so I'm glad you did it. But uh, first question comes from the Awesome Fish. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. I appreciate your support. He asks in a redraft half point PPR league, could you rank these three running backs in terms of who is most likely to finish as the RB one? Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, or Dalvin Cook Hunter? I want to say Dalvin Cook. I mean, realistically, I don't think any of these guys are going to finish RB1. But between the three, I, I want to say Dalvin Cook. But I, I, I can't because I don't see him being able to stay healthy. And I understand that DeAndre Swift got hurt last year. But I think DeAndre Swift is, is if I had to choose between the three, I think that's who I'm taking in this group. I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to be able to sustain. He's he's getting older. He is showing signs that he's slowing down. And Najee Harris, they have, and by they I mean both the Steelers and himself, have come out and said that his workload's going to decrease. So between the three, I like DeAndre Swift a lot, and he's probably who I'm taking. 
Yeah, for me, it comes down to Swift and Cook, like Hunter. Um, and I, I'm Swift as a my guy for obvious reasons. I think Detroit's offensive line is is one of the best in the league. I think that offense is going to be much improved, and I think they can afford to be a more balanced team, aka more rushes for Swift, who is also going to be getting hella targets out of the backfield. Dude averaged six targets a game last season, which is unbelievable for PPR. Give me DeAndre Swift, who's younger on a better, uh, not a, on a better, but has a better offensive line. And I think the game scripts will be in his favor. Next question comes from the nil X 97. Which side is better in a half point PPR dynasty Superflex format? Isaiah Spiller or Tony Pollard Yeti? I think I need a little more context here on who's on your squad. Um, if you have Zeke or if you have um, uh, Austin Eckler, obviously you would want to trade for one of these guys. If you don't have either of them and you're you're just looking for you know to stash one of these guys, I'm going to go with Tony Pollard just based off the fact that he is actually being used in the offense right now, even though he is the running back too. And there's rumors of him being, you know, put in the slot spot a lot, a little more um, this season to just get him on the field. So I think I'd rather take Tony Pollard if you don't have Eckler or, uh, well, if you have Zeke, obviously take Pollard. But if you don't have Austin Eckler, take Pollard here. I think I'm going to I'm gonna go on the other side of this one. I think I, I would prefer to have Isaiah Spiller. And the reason being is... Both of these guys are not guys you're using as RB1s and 2s. They're probably just bench depth pieces or maybe a flex position um, because I, I don't believe that Tony Pollard is usable in a, in a starting running back role. So I think that, that you have to have some depth somewhere. And in a dynasty format, I, I like Spiller quite a bit. I would rather have Spiller and hold him until Austin Eckler ages or injures himself out, and then he becomes the bell cow for that offense. So that's just me personally. But... Um, I think that you, you're splitting hairs, really, but I I, pref I would personally prefer Spiller. I'll uh, I'll be the tiebreaker yet again, and I would take Tony Pollard uh, because I see Zeke being much more vulnerable uh, as the starting running back, uh, evidenced by the fact that Tony Pollard is right now seeing touches. Um, so I think Tony Pollard is the way to go, and Dallas's offense is a little bit scary, but uh, every year they seem to figure it out. They seem to be usable and successful uh, to a certain degree. So Tony Pollard, I think, is a um, you know, he's a potential league winner. So I'm all on board with that train. Um, moving on here, we have the uh, UB Spider who asks us a question. He's in a one quarterback, half PPR, 10 team dynasty league. Which side are you taking? Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Waddle or two mid to late 2023 firsts? I don't remember whose turn it is. So whoever that is, take it away. I believe it is me. And mm -hmm. I love Waddle. I don't give a rat's ass about Clyde Edwards Alaire, but I really do like Waddle here. Oh, fuck. I don't know because I, dude, two mid to late first round picks next year is incredible. Like, that's a lot of value. I think. Mm -hmm. I think I'd probably take Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Waddle, and I think I would try and sell Clyde Edwards-Alaire because I think you can still get something for him right now. And really how I value it is is somebody's going to see value in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't. 
I've I've been very candid with that on, on the show that I am not excited about him. That doesn't mean other people aren't though. And I think you can still get something for him. Mostly I'm interested in Waddle in this thing, but son of a bitch. Flip a coin, I guess, is kind of where I'm at. You know what? I'm gonna take the picks. I'm just gonna take the picks. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm taking the picks. Yep. I, I'm taking the picks here as well. I've talked time and time again about how juicy next year's draft is going to be for rookies. Um, so if I have the opportunity to get two first round picks in next year's draft, sign me up for that. Um, we don't know what Clyde's role is going to look like in that offense. If Rojo's going to beat him out, if who knows what's going to happen with Clyde. Jalen Waddle is going to see a lot less target share than he did last year for obvious reasons. And Tyreek just signed a huge deal in Miami. So um, I'm not saying these guys can't coexist, but Jalen Waddle is no longer the wide receiver one in that offense. So I believe you can get a better or you can get a yeah a better prospect with one of the first round picks in next year's draft. So get the get the picks while you can. Yeah, and I'm realizing, okay, so we never actually, uh, last time we did a draft, we went through and kind of analyzed our teams one final time and decided on grades briefly for each of our teams. Do you guys want to do that and provide that little bit more insight on the draft? Let's let the people decide. Okay. All right, we'll move on then. Next question comes from John E33. He's in a keep two league. Which two are you keeping? PPR, keep in mind. Akers in the 14th round, Waller in the 13th round, or Connor in the 8th round? Yeti. Oh, do, 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 do. This one is really tough. At first, I wanted to say the two running backs, but with how scarce tight ends are, and to get Waller in the 13th round? My God. Um, I know Waller's going to be, he's not going to see as many targets with Devontae Adams coming in and um, into that offense. But Derek Carr still is known for being a dump off kind of guy. And he's going to look for Waller quite often. You could even argue that Adams coming into that offense is going to open up the middle of the, the field a little more to provide Waller some space. So I, I think I just talked myself into keeping Watt or Waller here in the 13th round, yes. Um, and then I, I, James Conner and Akers is such a toss-up for me, but I think you have to go with Akers in the 14th round because right now Akers is going in, what, third round of redraft leagues, and as is Conner. Um, but to get Akers in the 14th that, you know, that late, yes, please. That's a RB1 maybe um if not he's a rb2 every week uh so sign me up for the late two picks and acres and waddle or waller my god <laughs> yeah i i struggle with this too but i think i'm going to take both the running backs um because you're getting two guys that you can count on every single week as the bell cows in these offenses and that late in the game look it's an eighth round pick but where we were drafting people in the eighth round was like Amon Ross St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, Russell Wilson, like Tony Pollard, those guys. So you're getting two guys super late that you can count on, which I think as far as draft strategy is concerned, opens you up a shit ton to be able to do a lot to get sure up maybe another running back one and then a you know two wide receiver ones at the at the first three picks. So I I personally love running backs. I'm I'm a slut for running backs, and uh, being able to get those two guys that late, 
I think is a huge value pick. All right, next question comes from Brandon93 in a 12-team PPR, one quarterback dynasty league. Which side of this trade are you taking? Jerry Judy and a 2024 first or Stefan Diggs, Hunter? I'm going to take Jerry Judy in the 2024 first here in a dynasty league. I'm willing to take that risk because I love Stefan Diggs. He is an elite uh, wide receiver, but I believe he signed a three-year deal, if memory serves. Um, And Jerry Judy is obviously not at the same tier as Stefan Diggs, but I am a believer that Jerry Judy is going to be be certainly feasible as a wide receiver, too, with upside for wide receiver one for sure. And then you get a first-round pick. So I I just think that's too much value for me to pass up, and I'm going to take Judy in the first. Yep. I, I echo everything you said there, to be honest with you. All right. Cool. All right. The next and final Brainiac has the best name of the bunch. I can appreciate that. This question comes from sexual underscore Thielen. He is in a 12-team Superflex, three-wide receiver, PPR league, and he is contending. Here are his players of note. He's got Herbert, Dak, and Mariota at the quarterback position. He's got Eckler, Mixon, Saquon, Dylan, and McKissick at the running back position. And he's got Lamb, Evans, Keenan, Cook, and Osborne at the wide receiver position. Here is his question. Should he do this trade? He would trade away Dak, Dylan, and Kittle, but he would receive Tua, Diggs, Waller, and a 2022-205 pick. Yeti, what do you think? Oh... Take your time. It's not like we have people listening. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just, I'm having a hard time here because going from Dak to Tua seems like a, a real downgrade, in my opinion. I know I'm not high on Dallas's offense, but I think, mm, I think Dak will finish higher than Tua this year and for the next couple of years. I like AJ Dillon a lot as well. Uh, I don't know. I'll answer it for you. I'm taking the fucking go. trade. I'm taking okay. the trade. I I just think, like you said, I think I, I look at Tua and Dak somewhat similarly. I do think Dak finishes ahead of Tua, but I like Tua. I like the upside that he provides this year with uh, the vast amount of changes they made on that offense. Tyreek Hill has come out and said that he's the best quarterback to ever play in the game. So um, <laughs> something worth noting. But uh, Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. I mean, he is a w- elite wide receiver one. Waller and Kittle, honestly, I, you can make a coin flip for either of those guys, to be completely honest in my eyes. I, I think they're both very talented and very similar, and they're, if anything, I, I would probably prefer Waller to Kittle solely because he is playing with the same quarterback. Kittle's going to have a different quarterback. How is that going to work? Is he going to, you know, they've lost their offensive coordinator. Things are different there. Uh, the same situation for Waller. Obviously, they do have a new coach. Um and then a, a 205 pick is not bad either. I like A.J. Dillon a lot. I do. But he's also not getting any younger. He's I think he's 25, and he's still got a decent shelf life ahead of him. But um, And I, I think that he's going to eat for the next year or two. But how far beyond that? What are they going to do? Are they going to finally get some wide receiver pieces to help? Is Aaron Rodgers still going to be there? There's just a lot going on there. And in a dynasty league, I'm trying to think of the future. So I'm just going to take the pick or take the trade. And I mean, we're talking about shelf life too. And he has Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon who are, I mean, they're older than AJ Dillon. Both are what, 27 years old, I believe, or a little older. 
and he has Saquon too. (laughs) Yeah, who I love Saquon. Uh, He's what twenty five years old, but he's got the body of what like probably a forty year old at this point. Um, I just think AJ Dillon provides him that security at running back. But I I guess down the road, I mean that's probably not any of my worries, right? Um, I think for the purposes of this trade, I. I would do it just because of Diggs. Honestly, yeah. that's what does it for that's, me. Is it, yes. You're getting Diggs, who's going to be a wide receiver one for the next three, four years. Um, and you already have Lamb and Evans. I mean, you're shoring up a solid wide receiver group. And if you need to trade one of those guys down the road um, to get a running back, you sure can. So, And you're contending? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Do the trade. <laughs> Send it. Also, great name. I love sexual feeling. That's awesome. And that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's all the time that's we got. It. So it's been a little bit longer of an episode. We do greatly appreciate you guys all tuning in. Welcome aboard. If this was your first time here, you are now officially a Brainiac, and we greatly do appreciate you joining us. We have shows every Tuesday and Thursday, and you guys know that uh, NFL's coming. Football is coming. It's coming. I'm so excited, and I know that we all are too. So, appreciate you tuning in, and we are. Uh...